Daddy kisses was Saint John Paul II. Fortitude, courage. Papa Voitiwa's catechesis on the cardinal virtues, given at the general audience on Wednesday, the fifteenth of November, nineteen seventy-eight. Dearest brothers and sisters, Pope John Paul I, speaking from the loggia of Saint Peter's Basilica the day after his election, recalled, among other things, that during the conclave of the twenty-sixth of August. When everything was already indicating that he himself would be chosen, the cardinals who were next to him whispered in his ear, "Courage." Probably this word was necessary for him in that moment, and was impressed on his heart, since he immediately recalled it the next day. John Paul I will forgive me if I use this confidence of his now. I believe that precisely this. Will be able better to introduce us all here present to the theme that I intend to develop. I desire to speak today about the third cardinal virtue, that is, of fortitude. It is precisely to this virtue that we refer when we wish to exhort someone to have courage, as did the cardinal close to John Paul I at the conclave, when he said to him, "Courage." Whom do we consider a strong man, a courageous man? Usually, this word recalls the soldier who defends his homeland, exposing his health and even his life to danger in time of war. We realize, however, that we also need fortitude in time of peace, and therefore we highly esteem people who distinguish themselves through so-called civil courage. A testimony of fortitude is offered to us by the one who exposes his own life, so as to save someone who is about to drown, or by the man who comes to help others in natural calamities such as fires, floods, etc. Saint Charles, my patron saint, certainly distinguished himself for this virtue, fulfilling his pastoral ministry in Milan among the inhabitants of that city during the plague. But we also think with admiration of those who climb the heights of Everest, or of the cosmonauts, for example, those who set foot on the moon for the first time. As is clear from all this, the manifestations of the virtue of fortitude are numerous. Some of them are widely known and enjoy a certain fame. Others are less known, although they often demand an even greater virtue. Fortitude, as we said at the beginning, is a virtue, a cardinal virtue. Allow me to draw your attention to examples generally little known, but which bear witness in themselves to a great, sometimes even heroic, virtue. I am thinking, for example, of a woman, mother of an already numerous family, who is advised by so many to kill a new life conceived in her womb. By undergoing the intervention of the interruption of pregnancy, and with firmness she responds, "No." She certainly feels all the difficulty that this "no" brings with it: difficulty for herself, for her husband, for the whole family, 
and nevertheless she responds, No. The new human life conceived in her is a value too great, too sacred, for her to be able to yield to such pressure. Another example. A man who is promised freedom and also an easy career on condition that he denies his own principles or approves something that is against his honesty towards others. And he too responds, No, even in the face of threats on the one side and attractions on the other. Here is a courageous man. Many, many of the manifestations of fortitude, often heroic, of which nothing is written in the newspapers or of which little is known. Only human conscience knows them, and God knows. I desire to pay tribute to all these courageous unknown people, to all those who have the courage to say no or yes when this costs, to the men and women who give a singular testimony of human dignity and of profound humanity. Precisely through the fact that they are unknown, they merit a tribute and a particular recognition. According to the doctrine of St. Thomas, the virtue of fortitude is met in the man who is ready a greedy pericula, that is, to face danger, who is ready sustenere mala, that is, to endure adversities for a just cause, for truth, for justice, etc. The virtue of fortitude always requires a certain overcoming of human weakness and, above all, of fear. Man, in fact, by nature, spontaneously fears danger, displeasure, suffering. Hence courageous men and women need to be sought not only on battlefields, but also in hospital wards or on a bed of pain. Such men and women could often be encountered in concentration camps and in places of deportation. They were authentic heroes. Fear sometimes strips civil courage from people who are living in a climate of threat, oppression or persecution. So those who are capable of crossing the so-called barrier of fear in order to bear witness to the truth and to justice have particular value. To reach such fortitude Man must, in a certain way, go beyond his own limits and overcome himself, running the risk of an unknown situation, the risk of being disliked, the risk of exposing himself to unpleasant consequences, insults, degradations, material losses, perhaps imprisonment or persecution. To reach such fortitude, man must be sustained by a great love for the truth and for the good to which he dedicates himself. The virtue of fortitude proceeds hand in hand with the capacity to sacrifice oneself. This virtue already had a well-defined profile among the ancients. With Christ, it acquired an evangelical Christian profile. The gospel is addressed to the weak, the poor, the meek and humble, the peacemakers, the merciful, and 
at the same time, contains in itself a constant call to fortitude. It often repeats, Do not be afraid. It teaches man that, for a just cause, for truth, for justice, one must know how to give one's own life. I desire here to refer again to another example, which comes from four hundred years ago, but still remains alive and actual. It concerns the figure of St. Stanislas Koska, patron saint of the young, whose tomb is in the church of Sant'Andrea al Quirinale in Rome. It was indeed here that this saint, by nature very sensitive and tender, yet very courageous, ended his life at eighteen years of age. Born into a noble family, fortitude led him to choose to be poor, following the example of Christ, and to put himself at Jesus' exclusive service. Although his decision met with firm opposition from his circle, he succeeded with great love, but also with great firmness, in realizing his purpose, contained in the motto, At Maiora Natus Sum, I was born for greater things. He arrived at the novitiate of the Jesuits, travelling on foot from Vienna to Rome, while seeking to escape his pursuers who wanted, by force, to divert this obstinate young man from his intentions. I know that in the month of November many young people from all over Rome, and especially students, pupils and novices, visit the tomb of St. Stanislaus in the church of St. Andrea. I am together with them, because our generation also needs men who know with holy obstinacy how to repeat ad maiora natus sum. We need strong men. We need fortitude to be men and women. Indeed, only someone who possesses the virtue of fortitude is truly prudent. Let us pray for this gift of the Holy Spirit which is called the gift of fortitude. When man lacks the strength to overcome himself in view of higher values, such as truth, justice, vocation, faithfulness and marriage, this gift from above is needed to make each of us strong and, at the right moment, to tell us in our innermost self, Courage! Courage!